Welcome back to the program. We are broadcasting live at the Sheboygan Lakers Ice Center for the Greater Midwest RV Show. And it's brought to you by our friends at Cunis RV. Voted the best RV dealership in the state of Wisconsin. That is our friends at Cunis RV. Good stuff. Um, I tell you this, uh, the, today they couldn't be playing baseball. It's, it's coming down pretty good. Cats, dogs, buckets, that kind of thing. So uh, today's a good day to be off. Brewers back at it against the Cubs tomorrow. Woodruff goes to the hill for the crew. Yesterday they get blanked. And to talk more about it from uh, from Chicago, our buddy uh, Todd Rosiak of the Journal Sentinel now joining us. Todd, how you doing? Hey, Bill. How's it going? Well, it's uh, it's going. I mean, uh, you know, yesterday was for all the people that were saying that they weren't going to have offense and they couldn't hit and it was going to be same old, same old. Boy, those people had a voice yesterday. Uh, but give me your thoughts first and foremost. Yeah, you know, yesterday I'm not overly concerned about. Talk about the team and this season, and maybe what the expectations realistically realistically should be. Uh, I, I think the expectations should be. I think what they were going into spring training after uh, they made the majority of their moves in the off season, which is to contend for a Central Division title. You know, this is game one of 162. I, I understand the narrative out there. I understand, you know, people panic after one poor performance, but it was game one in bad weather conditions on opening day. You know, you turn the page and you move on. This is still a very good team with an excellent starting rotation. Um, you know, the offense is going to be a work in progress, I'm sure. You know, people saw yesterday that it obviously was not clicking on all cylinders. I think the bullpen is going to be a work in progress as well. Um, there were some good performances yesterday behind Corbin Burns from that unit. Um, but, you know, one game certainly does not uh, dampen, I think, what the expectations are internally by the Brewers, which is to uh, compete with the Cardinals and what looks like a much better Cubs team for the Central Division title. So let's let's go to Corbin Burns real quick. Uh, the last couple of starts that he had in spring training, not great. Yesterday, uh, first couple of innings, really good. And then after that, struggled a little bit. Uh, give me your thoughts on Corbin Burns. Um, I, I uh, was, was communicating with a pretty trusted confidant today, and he made a good point to me about um, the, the, the pitch clock. You know, and this has been something that's been worked on um, all through the spring. So it's obviously not anything that's a surprise to any pitcher. Everybody's been working on it for the last six weeks or so. But, you know, once, um, you know, the games start counting for real and you're really competing out there, uh, it's probably going to take a little bit of time. And I think perhaps Corbin Burns um, yesterday in a, in a normal situation without the pitch clock would have been taking more time. He wasn't always the fastest pitcher before these new rules anyway. So, uh, you know, maybe there's going to be a little bit of a, a transition period for these guys to to get used to it. Uh, you know, maybe a guy like Brandon Woodruff tomorrow will be better with it. We don't know, um, but I, I definitely think that could have been could have been a factor. Uh, you know, Corbin Burns after the game, as as he always does, you know, steps up and, and takes responsibility for what you know for how he pitches, and obviously was not a was not a great performance out there. Um, you know, another possibility to perhaps factor in is still trying to get on the same page with William Contreras, the new catcher too. Um, you know, that limited amount of time to work with him in spring training and still kind of, you know, perhaps figuring out the kinks and so forth. But again, game one out of 162, uh, way, 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 way too early to panic. 
How has Contreras fit in? Uh, just give me your thoughts on him through camp. Uh, really well, really well. He got uh, very high marks from Craig Council the other day when I asked about um, Contreras' camp. He said it could not have gone better. It's obviously a, a crash course for a guy like him who's coming in, who's new in the organization, coming in. Um, you know, most of those six weeks were spent getting familiar with the pitchers, uh, catching all the pitchers, learning how they want games called, you know, what their strengths and weaknesses are, uh, watching a lot of video. And then there was a lot of work, of course, on the, you know, the, just the defensive side. And this is a guy that came in with not the greatest rep as a defensive catcher. And the Brewers have done a great job over the last few years developing guys like that. Omar Narvaez had that same rep coming in from Seattle in 2020 and they really completely flipped the script with him to where he was an all catch no hit catcher by the time he left so um you know working on the defense working on the pitch framing all those you know finer nuances of the catching game um you know and kind of getting those squared away uh offensively was not the greatest camp for Contreras but I think we all know that you know the the offense is going to be there in the long run for him so um, I, I certainly would expect a, a good year for him and a year where he's going to be catching really, you know, the majority of time. So uh, I believe he caught started 57 games of catcher for the Braves last year. I would I would easily expect that number to double this year with the Brewers. Was there any thought, uh, I know Ben and I had talked a little bit about it yesterday with Christian Yelich leading off and then Jesse Winker uh, batting early on in that in that lineup with Rowdy Telez batting cleanup, it, will that? I mean, obviously, Craig Council loves to tinker with the lineup, move guys all around. But how much movement do you think there will be throughout the season? Uh, I think Yelich, uh, based on Council's comments yesterday and, and the day before, I think Yelich is pretty much going to be cemented in that leadoff spot. Um, you know, of course, things are subject to change. You know, a few months in, perhaps, but. So on, beneath him, I think there's going to be plenty of movement. Um, you know, the, the alignment yesterday was just Craig Council thought that, uh, you know, that was the best way to generate consistent base runners. We all saw that didn't happen, obviously. But, um, you know, the, the goal is obviously to get guys on base consistently ahead of Rowdy, ahead of Contreras, um, you know, those those, those uh, run producers in the middle of the lineup. So, I think what's going to be interesting and something to watch this season is down at the bottom of the lineup, you're going to have Jared Mitchell and, and presumably Bryce Terang a lot of days. Um, you know, those guys could really be secondary table setters with their skill sets. You know, those are guys who are adept at slapping the ball, just getting on base anyway, and, and, and they have speed. So, you know, if you can get those guys on ahead of Yelich, ahead of Winker, if he's batting second, then, uh, you know, then you could be in business. The um, the, the team itself, uh, Todd, when you look at the division in which they play and you start to go pound for pound around the infield, the outfield and such, they, they no, hands down, they got tremendous starting pitching. And I said yesterday, if guys hit, if Garrett Mitchell hits, if guys, if, if Christian Yelich can give you an average and get on base, if you can continue to do things like that, the only Achilles heel then would be the question mark in the bullpen. Would that not be accurate? Yeah, I, I definitely think that that, you know, if you, if you look at the team as a whole, that would be the, the one major question mark right now. And obviously the, you know, the most important role closer is filled and they have one of the best in the game and Devin Williams. But beyond that, there's a lot of question marks. And I would assume that, 
there's going to be a lot of uh, shuffling over the course of the season until Craig Council is able to kind of narrow down his options, his most reliable options, let's just say that. So it's going to be an interesting mix because there's a handful of guys like uh, Joel Pyamps and uh, Bryce Wilson who do not have any options left, so your flexibility is limited with those guys. You have a handful of younger guys who are going to be able to bounce back and forth between the majors and the minors. So it's going to be a work in progress for a while, I think, trying to set the uh, you know set the stage and set the run up to get the ball to Devin Williams when you're winning those games late. Uh, the, the big question mark, right to me right now, is going to be who takes that eighth inning role, that setup role in front of Williams. Presumably, it was Matt Bush uh, going into the spring, but uh, he was again very homer prone, and obviously, you don't want a guy like that pitching regularly in the eighth inning if you can help it. So that's that's going to be a role that's going to have to kind of shake itself out here, uh, I, I would think, relatively quickly. And I think we could see multiple guys filling that role until somebody does step forward and, and show they can do it on a more consistent basis. Uh, we're talking with Todd Rosiak of the Journal Sentinel and talking some Brewers baseball. I want to go to Garrett Mitchell. Garrett Mitchell, uh, a lot of expectation coming into the season. It's basically his job, center field-wise, to lose. Uh, I And I know there's a lot of hype for him, don't get me wrong, but I keep thinking back to when we saw Keston Hira come into the league, that initial series he had in Atlanta, which was so incredibly fantastic. The hopes were so high, and now he's clearing waivers and just hanging on to the team. Um, I... I how what, what difference in there is there with Garrett Mitchell versus what Keston Hero went through for Garrett Mitchell to come in and just be given the center fielder's job to say, you know, this is yours, you've earned it, no problem? Uh, well, I, I mean, you're talking about really two distinctly different players. Keston Hero was a guy who was a hitting prodigy but really had no defensive spot, um, whereas Garrett Mitchell is a guy who whose game centers around his speed, uh, he's got a terrific throwing arm in the outfield, a uh, very good defensive player who needs his uh, hitting tool to come around a bit. Uh, you know, But this is a guy, again, like I mentioned before, who's very adept at kind of slapping at the ball. He can't hit the ball in the ballpark, but he's not afraid to um, you know, hit the ball on the ground, and he has the speed where he can beat out uh, infield grounders uh, if the guys are not expeditious in getting the ball over to first base. He's that fast. So, um, I, you know, I think Garrett Mitchell's overall skill set is is way better and merits uh, an opportunity for him to play every day. The question is, to me, is he going to be able to control the strikeout rate and keep that, that strikeout rate to a manageable uh, percentage to where you can play him out there most days and feel like you're getting the amount of offensive production that you need from that spot. Uh, if not, then obviously the Brewers have options in, in, in the minor leagues. We all know about Sal Freelich. We all know about Joey Weimer. Um, you know, it sounds like Tyrone Taylor's injury. He's kind of turned a corner a little bit there. That's a guy that's uh, got experience in center field and has played the, the past few years and has some power potential. So <clears throat> there are other options if, if Garrett Mitchell does not work out, but I think there's, definitely a lot to like about Garrett Mitchell and, and I think fans if he's able to stay healthy and, and get an entire season under his belt this year I think fans are really going to be um, excited about what he brings to the table 
Uh, I, I want to go back to the bullpen. And this year, this uh, got a lot of looks at a lot of different pitchers, a lot of different arms. Uh, they've only got the one lefty out in the pen and Hobie Milner. How detrimental do you think having just one lefty in the pen will be? Especially when you talk um, about middle relief. Yeah, um, I think the Brewers feel good about the – obviously you would like to have maybe at least one more, but I think the Brewers feel good about the right-handers that they have. Um, several of them are um, very good at pitching. They have very good numbers, very good splits against left-handed hitters. So you can kind of mitigate that a little bit. And as we all know, Craig Council is, is very willing to think outside the box, and he's never defined by, you know, uh, pitching matchups per se when it comes to matching guys up out of the bullpen. So I, I don't think that in in the grand scheme of things is going to really handcuff them or, um, you know, harm them way early. We, that, that could be proven false as time goes on. And then maybe they have to, to make a move or go out and get somebody. Um, really the only other internal option they have as far as lefties uh, in the bullpen is, is a former first round pick, Ethan Small. And he's, I would say kind of a ways away from getting back into that that mix in the in the major league bullpen just because he's transitioning from starting to being a full time reliever. So uh, that I think that does put some somewhat a bit of uh, pressure on Hobie Milner, who had a heck of a year last year. If they can get anything close to what he did again um, in 2023 to what he did in 2022, that's uh, going to be a real bonus for them. Talking with uh, Todd Rosiak of the Journal Sentinel. Todd, before uh, we cut you loose, the uh, the rules changes, uh, the shift, there was a lot of talk about it yesterday during the broadcast about how this is going to ben- benefit numerous uh, Milwaukee Brewers players. It, will it benefit the Brewers more in the division than it would, say, the Cardinals or the Reds or the Cubs? Um, because it seems like every team is going to gain some kind of benefit, which – Maybe it will, but I think all in all, the banning of the shift only evens the playing field for everybody. Yeah, it definitely does uh, even the playing field. It, it, just speaking specifically to the Brewers, uh, you know, the one guy in that lineup day in and day out who, you know, you would point to as, as you know, possibly being a, a – uh, or two guys, I should say, who, who would ben- definitely benefit from it would be Christian Yelich and Rowdy Telez, guys who have had a penchant for – you know, really pulling the ball and um, oftentimes with Yelich hitting the ball on the ground to the right side. And, um, you know, we tried talking to those guys throughout the course of spring, and, and I think it kind of got to be a moot point with them, and, and they don't want it to really get into their heads too much. But I think, you know, overall, if they were, you know, to speak freely and honestly, I'm sure they're both very happy to not see that extra guy uh, standing in short right field moving forward and and, you know even if you're talking an extra five ten hits per season that really can uh, make a difference on your uh, on your final average when when you wrap up at the end of the season so anything that they can do um you know to 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 benefit those guys i think from their perspective is, is definitely a good thing Hey, uh, one more thing, and I, I hate to bug you, but I we were talking about the commissioners, and we were talking a lot about salary cap and such, and whether or not that would ever come around, and I highly, highly doubt it. But we were talking about Bud Seelig. Bud Seelig, he put in interleague play. He ended up with uh, revenue share, steroid testing. I mean, you can go through a wild card. You can go through all of that stuff that Bud did. It's kind of his legacy, and he brought baseball back. So far, 
what can you say other than just going to the universal DH? What has Rob Manfred done that has made you say, "Wow, what a really good commissioner"? If anything, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I know he's not the most popular guy. He doesn't have the best uh, uh, what, what you what you would call a bedside manner. Um, you know, he's, he has a, he's had a tendency to kind of put his foot in his mouth quite a bit. Uh, maybe, maybe in some ways, like Roger Goodell in that aspect. To, to me, I, I think so far the just the the overall. If you look at the overall picture since he's been in in, in power, I'm I'm in favor of the rules changes, and not so much just like saying, "Hey, we're going to change the game for change's sake." I like the fact that he's open minded, and that baseball's administrators are open minded about trying to make the game better and more appealing to a wider audience overall. I understand that there's always going to be those uh, hardcore fans that want everything like it was back in, you know, the seventies or the eighties or whatever. But there's, there's to me, there's nothing wrong with trying to implement these small changes to speed up the game, to add a little bit more offense, to add, to, to make it more than just, you know, what we had been watching, which was the three true outcomes, a strikeout, a walk, or a home run. And that, you know, lengthens games. It, it quite frankly, to me, made it very boring. And, um, you know, this, this, I think, will even the playing field more for everybody. It will add more excitement. Um, and it will kind of turn back the clock a little bit and free up the running game and just, just make it a better game overall, in my opinion. So, uh, just the fact that he's been, been open-minded about those sorts of things, I think is a good thing and, and, and a good legacy to have. Now, moving forward, will there be more changes perhaps? Uh, I, I don't ever see a, a way that they're going to implement a salary cap or, you know, I don't know, I don't know how they do that, how they, how they even the playing field between the small market and the big market teams. It's, it's something that just seems like it's, um, is permanently broken. Hopefully they can figure something like that out. But in the meantime, I think the rules changes uh, are, are a very good thing. Todd, great to talk to you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for the coverage, and we'll touch base throughout the season, okay? You got it. Sounds good. Thanks so much, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Todd Rosiak of the Journal Sentinel joining us for a couple of minutes at Todd Ro- underscore Rosiak over on uh, over on Twitter. You can find his stuff there. Thanks to him for joining us, man. Some good stuff and a good breakdown of the Brewers. All is not lost after only one game into the regular season, a game in which the Packer, or the Brewers did not do much, uh, admittedly, but nevertheless, uh, all is not lost. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Robert's Specialty Meats in Waukesha. If you're looking for grillables, if you're looking for tailgate items, that's the place to go. Or maybe you're just looking for good chicken, uh, some of the deli stuff that they have, some of the uh, stuff like, uh, you know, salads, pasta salads, um, potato salads, you name it, they have that as well. They make it fresh there every day. Go go to Robert's Specialty Meats, Waukesha.com. That is Robert's Specialty Meats, Waukesha.com on Sunset Drive in Waukesha. More of the Bill Michael Show live up here in Sheboygan at the uh, Lakers Ice Center. We'll be back right after the This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Welcome back to the program. Hey, don't forget about our friends at Master Z's. I know that uh, we are getting into patio season, and I was just over there the other day. I'm looking at uh, the possibility of doing a couple of backyard heaters on the uh, on the patio, and they have that stuff. They have fire pit features. Uh, they have both uh, that you can use with gas, some that you can just use natural with logs, uh, and they have the Adirondack chairs. They have just incredible quality. The one thing about Master Z's is the quality of the stuff that they have is second to none. It just is. It's stuff that's going to last and last and last and last, and you're not going to be buying new umbrellas and new patio furniture and all that kind of stuff every year. So uh, I've been saying for a long time, man, if you, if you want the best, forget the rest. That is our friends at Master Z's on Blue Mountain Road in Brookfield. People come from all over the state to go into that place and to see Rob and his staff. Call them, 262-746-5931 for all their indoors or uh, in-store specials. 262-746-5931. And if you're over there tomorrow, you're probably going to see me because I'm, I'm heading over there. i got to look at a couple of different things for my patio. So uh, I'll probably see you over there. But uh, Master Z's in Brookfield, man, just what a tremendous, tremendous place. I can't say uh, enough about them. Um, this is from Tom. Tom says, uh, I don't have any worries about the Milwaukee Brewers. They are who I thought they were. They're going to be a team that's going to win between 80 and 85 games. They're going to be a little bit below average when it comes to batting. Pitching is going to be the be, be the game that saves the day, and Craig Council will call it a career at the end of the season. They are who we thought they were. Um, ben, do you feel better after listening to Todd Rosiak regarding the Brewers? I feel the same. I, I mean, deep down, that is how I felt about yesterday. I, I, while I started the show talking about the doom and gloom, it was mostly tongue-in-cheek. Right. Like, it is what it is. I mean, what sucks is, obviously, their loss was due to all the reasons that made us kind of scared going into the season. Right. But, right. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's the first game. I still have my same concerns. I, I mean, at least they lost because Corbin Burns didn't pitch well which is not something that you can bank on, I think, throughout right. the rest of the season. So I uh, Well, I mean, when you don't score a run, you're not going to win many games, so that's going to be something that's going to be kind of like a battle cry for many fans that say that there's something you know innately wrong with the Brewers. It has been for a long, long time with the strikeouts being prevalent and not being able to put the ball in play and such. But yesterday they had opportunities. They just didn't capitalize. And, um, you, you know, <laughs> as we tried to – stem the tide of anxiety at the beginning of the show today it's one game it's they're fine uh you know if if, if we're talking three weeks down the road and they still haven't won a game then i'm going to have a, a large amount of concern but uh again you can't win the division in april you can lose it but you can't win it and you can only lose it if you are just flat out terrible so just just roll with it it's going to be fine there's a lot of enjoyable baseball yet to come uh, it's one day, and like I said, one thing that gives you anxiety is it was opening day, it was the Cubs, and you lost. And when those two things happen, it tends to create uh, a high level of anxiety for, for a lot of people, for, for whatever reason, it just does. Uh, by the way, when it comes to the Brewers yesterday, um, just to throw it out there, I mean, you look at a team like St. Louis uh, St. Louis got beat, too. They got beat. The Blue Jays beat the hell out of them. They pounded out 10 runs yesterday in that ball game. Cincinnati ended up getting knocked off. Pittsburgh got the win 5-4. to four. So, oddly enough, you've got Pittsburgh and Chicago in the top spot of the division. Pittsburgh's happy as hell. When, when was the last time Pittsburgh was in the top spot of the division? Had to be when they were wearing those Super Bowl hats back in the late 70s. But, uh, but Pittsburgh uh, giddy yesterday. 
So a farmer took a loss, uh, Zastrizny, I think is how you pronounce it. He ended up getting the win. And uh, and uh, Bednar, he ended up getting the save uh, for Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh's giddy. But, uh, again, it's one game. I'm not – for those that wanted to point fingers and scream about counsel and lineups and stuff, it's like you are just looking for a reason to be upset at this point. Just looking for it. Um this is from David. David says uh, people need to relax. They need to relax on the Aaron Rodgers front. They need to relax on the Brewers front. Everything is going to be fine. Rodgers is going to end up in New York. Jordan Love's going to be better than serviceable. Craig Council is going to be back, and this team is going to be okay. Just breathe, people. That's from David. Um, okay, let's – when uh, and I just had somebody else say, let's talk about Jordan Love and how good you think he can be. David says he's going to be more than serviceable. More than serviceable is almost a backhand. It's almost a back. It's kind of like calling a quarterback a game manager, isn't it? It can be. You can be a good game manager and win games in the National Football League, but it's almost a backhanded slap because you're not a prolific passer. You're not a big time runner. You're not an athletic threat. You're just a guy that stands in a pocket, takes what the defense gives you, racks up some of your statistics, gets some wins along the way. You're a game or two better than 500, and you're probably finding yourself in the postseason. If that was the way the season would go for the Packers this coming season, Ben, would we not take that in a heartbeat? I think we would, yeah. I mean, in a really, heartbeat. I, enough to make us confident not only in love but in, in Matt LaFleur as a coach. Mm-hmm. And if Joe Barry right. somehow is a good season, if all those things come together and they are just not good enough talent-wise on either side of the ball, yeah, yeah. I think we'd feel great. Right. Anything yeah, to make no, the future I, look more clear. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good. I'd be good with that. If he was more than serviceable and ended up getting this team in some way, shape, or form into the postseason, phew, take that right now. I wouldn't consider that a failure by any stretch of the imagination, but I get where you're coming from. But, you know, and, and again, this goes back to, uh, to Joey. Joey says, uh, what does this team need? If he's not all that, you need a defense. That's it. You need a de- you need a top five defense. Can they can they be that? So that leads you to the question: Do you give it, the conundrum becomes? Do you give Jordan Love? And I put this on uh, the the uh, live stream earlier today. Do you give Jordan Love all the weapons? Do you just continue to go after weapons, build up that offensive line, continue to go after weapons, maybe one or two wide receivers in this draft, a tight end or two wide re- uh, tight ends in this draft? Do you continue to give him the weapons? Or do you say, I don't really know. So we're going to get maybe a tight end. We're going to get maybe a wide receiver, maybe depth on the offensive line, but we're going to go defense, 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 defense. Because I think there's a lot of Packers fans that are like, oh, God, defense again? We're doing we every year. We're building up the defense. Every year, there's more defenders needed. How many times are they going to miss on the defense? But I think you got to. I think you got to have more defenders. I think you need more beef up front. You need another edge rusher waiting for Rashawn Gary to come back. You got to have more depth in the secondary, whether it's safety or corner. You got to have that. I mean, if you could five, t- four really good defensive front linemen that have the ability to play inside, outside, and rush, I take it. I, in a heartbeat, I take it. So I think there's a priority there. I think your priority is, is one, your first priority is probably a wide receiver or a tight end, vice versa. You can flip-flop them. Your second one's going to be defensive depth up front, an edge rusher to help you out with Rashawn Gary, and then probably another safety or 
corner or both, and probably in that order. And then after that, just fill in the rest of your depth. But I wouldn't reach. You take the best available. I mean, if, if the best available is going to be five left tackles, then I take five left tackles because you just never know when you're going to need them. Take five left tackles and do that too. 877-867-1670. We're broadcasting live at the Lakers Ice Center. We are here in Sheboygan at the, uh, the Greater Midwest RV Show. Uh, which is being put on here by Cunis. Cunis RV, we've been doing some business with them. This is our third year together now, Cunis RV and us. I love it. Got a new big unit. I don't think the cruiser's here, actually. Somebody just uh, messaged me that. Said, is, the RV, is your RV there? I don't think it is. I did not see it when I pulled in. I've seen pictures of it, but I did not see anything that looked like that when I pulled in, unless it's on the floor. I haven't looked all the way through the ice arena yet. But maybe it is. Who knows? Come on out. We're going to be here until 2 o'clock today. They have a nice concession stand open, food here. They're collecting for the Salvation Army. And not to mention, if you're an RVer or a camper or maybe you just like the outdoor life, they have everything for you here. And they were just, they just got the award. They're number one in the state of Wisconsin. Cunis RV is, whether it's parts, accessories, service, or you're looking for a new or a used RV, travel trailer, fifth wheel, motorhome, whatever it happens to be, they've got it. Come on out. The Lakers Ice Center in Sheboygan. Here, they're here today, tomorrow, and Sunday for the show this weekend. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bang it. Welcome back to the program. Glad to have Hey, our friends at the Four Seasons Island Resort uh, up in Pembine, Wisconsin. Not only are they uh, they got uh, they're getting ready to open uh, full time uh, for the the full season now for the uh, summer months, uh, and the golf course is going to be opening up. The uh, UTV and ATV trails are going to be opening up. The pontoon boat's going to go back in the water. So start making your summertime plans for uh, the Four Seasons Island Resort and. Pine Mountain Resort with the Timberstone Championship Golf Course. Uh, either place, you can use the code promo code Michaels15 when you give them a call and book your room. You get 15% off. Uh, call our girl Barb up there, 715-938-5110. That's 715-938-5110. I love that place. Love, I love uh, the Four Seasons. It's just got so much charm to it. Huge renovated indoor pool. And uh, they just, it's just got such a cool, eclectic place. It, you know, the Boundary Waters Bar and Grill downstairs, I love. Uh, upstairs, the lounge is great. The Diamond Room, uh, fantastic dinners. They got that really cool old 50s-style ice cream parlor. So, and, and not to mention a golf course. <laughs> so a lot of cool stuff. But uh, Pine Mountain's no slouch. It's It's got the uh, famous sports bar and grill in there. And that's got a lot of dedication to Tom Izzo and Steve Mariucci and such. So, Either place you can't go wrong. And don't forget, right now they're hiring and have paid internships there. So uh, if you want to send off your resume, send it to the4seasonswisconsin at gmail.com. That's the4seasonswisconsin at gmail.com. Otherwise, just call our girl Barb, 715 715-938-5110, 715-938-5110. Uh, let's get back to the phone calls. Let's do that, shall we? We had Tad Rosiak on for a while and wanted to say thanks to him. Let's go to our buddy Derek listening to us in Albany. Derek, how you doing, man? What's going on? Hey, Bill, I heard an interview this morning on WDUZ about the new coach. Uh, his name is Sundance Wicks. 
Well, I'll tell you, that guy had me want to run through a wall. If you guys, if Ben <laughs> can get him, or you guys can get him. I'm serious. I am dead. Yeah. I'm not being. I'm not being hyper, hyperbolic here. And you look up his resume, and they did a nice job getting this guy. I mean, he's he's coached at a few different places, assistant wise, and he coaches his alma mater as a head coach for a while. And uh, he, he, he it says he hung his head hat on player development. He also built the Arizona Power Basketball Academy. And mm-hmm. prior to launching that, he spent five months training NBA pre-draft prospects. The guy's got basketball acumen. He's got so much enthusiasm. He was a great student athlete. I mean, the guy's the whole package. I, I'm really excited about it. You know, I'm, I don't yeah. live out there, but, you know, I can listen to their games. And, and they're an underdog team. They're kind of like Siena where I am, you know? Yep. Ton, tons of, I'll tell you this, tons of energy. You can go online and there is video of him, like, running through his guys high five and his players to the point where I, I'm, I'm, you'd almost like be like afraid of like ripping an arm off. He gets so fired up. I, I agree with you. He, I, I can understand the you can get uh, guys to run through a wall for you with that type of mentality coming out of Wyoming. Heck yeah, he, he's got a good track record for energy, no doubt about it. Inspire the whole program. I mean, he's got he had a pretty, pretty comprehensive plan laid out today. And anybody listening, hey, support the guy. Really, I mean, support mm-hmm. the program. I'm all for underdog programs. Like I say, I live in an area with Siena College and, and SUNY Albany, and, and we're underdogs too. So I, you know, with all this portal stuff and, and NIL stuff, I want to see programs like that succeed. And I, and I, I definitely have an affinity for all things Wisconsin and Green Bay. Yeah, you definitely want to get to the point where, again, you're talking about all the basketball programs being relevant towards the end of the season. Now, I know out of the Horizon League, you're only, you know, they're only usually anyway going to get one team in. But, man, it's so good when all the teams are in the tournament and there's a lot of different basketball attention, plus the Bucks are playing well. I mean, it's it's just once football ends, it's a buzz type of season without a doubt. And I, I can't wait. I can't. I Hopefully they can, uh, you know, rise back to some sort of prominence. He's got a He's got a tall task ahead of him, but certainly the energy to get it done, no doubt. Come on, Bill. All right, bud. Appreciate it, man. He drops off. You get on board. 877-867-1670. Yeah, we didn't even mention that. That uh, that Sundance Sonny Wicks is uh, is on board now. And you can follow him. Uh, if you follow his stuff over on Twitter, I think it's at Coach Sundance, if I'm not mistaken. At Coach Sundance. But, yeah, a, a ton of energy. And uh, you know what? We'll, uh, we'll roll through. We'll roll through the state uh, again this upcoming season. We'll we'll get Shock on. We'll get Sundance on. We'll head over to UW Madison uh, and try to get Greg Gard on and such, and UW Milwaukee. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll try to take a look at all the coaches, no doubt. Uh, this is from Rick. Rick says, uh, "Hey guys, uh, let's be honest. Uh, Jordan Love's first year is going to be a learning year at best. Nobody can can have high expectations of a guy getting his first real look under center." I think the expect I, I would agree with you. I don't think the expectation should be very high. I think that Matt Lafleur has tried to temper that a little bit as well because he is going to be highly scrutinized uh, after you know uh, so such longevity of success with quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, I think with the absorption of Mike McCarthy's system and taking over as the full time starter, and then obviously with all the tumultuousness that went on in the off season with the bring back Brett and. Favre coming into town and then out of town and then being traded and such. And he retired and then wanted to unretire. And, you know, there was a lot of that. And, and Rogers just kind of held his head up and, and stuck to his guns and did his own thing. And within two years, he's getting a taste of the postseason. And then three years, they're winning a championship. So, um, you know, it is it does take time. But if you have a, a really good defense that's coming together, 
and that can kind of help support you. I know that some of the expectations for the prognosticators nationally seems to be that this this Packers team with a couple of key pieces should be a playoff team this year. I I think that's optimistic, but I don't think that's realistic. Um, as much as I – because you start to look at this team and you say, okay, uh, ju- just in looking – let's start with the defense because you, you got to start with a really good defense. Traverius Moore – who they picked up in free agency, he's come in and he, well, he hasn't done anything yet, but hopefully he solidifies the the, uh, safety role where Adrian Amos left off. Obviously, you'll have Darnell Savage back, and if he has a better season the way he did his, say, his rookie year and uh, the way he played in the last couple of games of the regular season, then maybe Darnell Savage kind of turned himself around. There's Rasul Douglas, Keyshawn Nixon. You're hoping Stokes can come back. Now, you got some big ifs injury-wise because Stokes – as was mentioned, the last time he was wheeling his way around the uh, the locker room, he had needles and pins sticking out of his ankle that were still there and visible. So he wasn't even anywhere near ready to start doing football activities or even much less working out. Uh, you've also got Rashawn Gary, who's coming off of an ACL. And you know the ACL thing, you're never the same guy the year after the ACL. It's always two years after you come back from the ACL. That's when you start to return to being that guy again. So... You don't know what you're going to get out of him, so you got to fortify the outside edge rusher position. You need help for uh, uh, Kenny Clark up front. Now, T.J. Slayton uh, and Devontae Wyatt, certainly T.J. Slayton took a little bit of a step up. Devontae Wyatt looked good at the end of the year, but he needs even more kind of honing time. But if all of that comes together, do you still see this defense being top five? I don't. I, I We set our expectations way too high last year. I think maybe if you get this defense between 15 and 10, that's probably pretty good. And then you've got to throw in the Joe Barry factor, that he doesn't like to be aggressive. He doesn't like to, to do that type of thing when, he, he, you know, this defense lived death by a thousand cuts last year early on in the season. And then they lost Rashawn Gary, and it took them a while to overcome that. I mean, granted, Engabari played extremely well and maybe better than what was expected of him, but... You know, I just don't see, even with Preston Smith coming back and having a tremendous year, or Devondre Campbell having a tremendous year, I still don't see this defense being top five. And if they're not top five, then with a brand-new quarterback under center, I don't see this team better than eight and nine again. You know, maybe nine and eight, maybe just on the outside of missing the playoffs, but that's probably the best they're going to be. I don't see them getting much better than that. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seven. If you see something different, tell me. I would love to hear from you, 877-867-1670. Again, we are broadcasting live. We're out here at the, uh, the Lakers Ice Center. We're in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. It's the Greater Midwest RV Show, and they're here inside the Ice Center with our friends from Cunis RV. Voted Wisconsin's number one dealership, number one RV dealer, hands down. RVs, travel trailers, fifth wheels, you name it, they've got it. Diesel pushers, gas-powered, whatever. Come on out and take a look around and uh, just start to dream a little bit about summertime, maybe the summer months and warmer months, and uh, pick up all your camping accessories out here as well and all the stuff for around the campfire. Not a bad way to go. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show broadcasting live out here. Um, our friends from Kemp's uh, want to say, hey, don't forget, if you're looking for a job, you're looking for a career, go to Kemp's.com, K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's.com. That is Kemp's.com. 
And uh, you can go to the bottom of the page, click on careers, C-A-R-E-E-R-S. Click on careers. That's Kemp's.com. Go to the bottom of the page, click on careers based in Cedarburg, Wisconsin. Everybody knows Kemp's. Their dairy products have been around the state for a long, 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 long time. Since 1914, it has been Kemp's. And you can be a part of the family. Go to Kemp's.com and click on careers at the bottom of the page. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. We're glad you're with us. And uh, I want to remind you that our friends from Every Plumbing and Heating, they are in Lacrosse, and they are uh, supporting our motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 3rd. And they were founded by a Korean War veteran, Clayton Every, back in 1969. And now Craig has taken over for uh, Denny, third generation of the family, to take over Every Plumbing and Heating. And they're hiring licensed plumbers with great wages, benefits, and they keep uh, all the calls confidential for anybody who wants to call. So if maybe you're thinking about a great company to go work for and you're working for a different company, that's okay. That's okay. You can give them a call. They're serving La Crosse and Trempolo and Vernon, Monroe, Jackson counties. If you're in, say, West Salem or on Alaska, Holman, Shelby, they got it going. That's our friends at Every Plumbing and Heating. Go to everyplumbing.com or call them 608 783 2803. 608 783 2803. Write it down. 608. 608- 783-2803, and that's our friends at Every Plumbing and uh, and Heating over there in uh, in uh, the Lacrosse area. So we say thanks to them for being a part of the program. Um, this is uh, boy, we got a lot of emails today, and just trying to kind of cut through a lot of these this stuff. Uh, by the way, Jim says uh, his wife takes care of the concession stand. Try the chili, Jim. I'll have to do that. Thank you very much for the heads up, man. Uh, this is from Thomas uh, from Oshkosh, uh, who is listening to us in Inglewood, Florida, right now. Says, "Love the show." He said, uh, "We never, we uh, he was never the same after the season-ending surgery." Talking about Christian Yelich and the kneecap issue, and you're right, he never has been. 100% agree. You go back to even when uh, he had the knee injury, signed the contract, COVID hit, the shortened season, never got back into a groove. The one thing you can hope for this year is that he gives you – now, I keep lowering the bar, which really sucks because it was a couple of years ago we were talking about him. You know, all you need to do – you don't need to hit 325. Just hit 285. Give us 25, 30 home runs, hit 285. And now it's down to just give us close to 20 home runs and hit 265. And, you know, and that's probably not going to happen because, uh, as Todd Rosiak said to us a little bit earlier, he's now a bona fide leadoff hitter. And, you know, if he gives you a little bit of pop, great. But, boy, um, Ben, how far in just a few years has he fallen for the contract that he got at $29 million a year at the time based on the 40-plus home run season he had? He got uh, $29 million a year, and now he's relegated to just put the ball in play as a leadoff guy. And get on base, which he does an okay job of doing. He's I mean, 50% it, yesterday, two walks and two strikeouts. It, it it lines up with the the back injury, right? Yeah. Like, those those things tend to have more of a lingering effect, or they can for a lot of guys, mm-hmm. especially with a, with a hitter like Yelich or you look at golf, someone has degenerative back issues that makes things nearly impossible. Yeah. So, 
not to make excuses, right. but I mean, it, it can be drawn somewhat to where the kneecap and and the uh, and the back. Um, it's kind of a Carson Wentz yeah. situation, right? Because Wentz tears his ACL, and then for the rest of his career, he's been, or for a while, he was bit by other injuries, resulting mm-hmm. uh, that resulted from the ACL injury, right? Yeah, I. Uh... I, man, it's just it's it's always in a small market. You give a big contract out, and it turns out not to be good. You're stuck with it until you're no longer stuck with it. And in baseball, it's all guaranteed. We know, and you know they. I don't know. Uh, we we preached about it until we're blue in the face. I guess it's the best way to put it. You just got to hope for the best. Hope still springs eternal. I'm still I'm still excited. I'm excited for tomorrow. I can't wait for Brewers baseball tomorrow. I got my day planned out. I got a dinner tomorrow night, but I got my day planned out. A little bit of a workout in the morning. Come home, light a fire, hang out, watch the Brewers baseball. Maybe sit in the garage and polish the bike and just stare there and stare at it and drool. <laughs> Motorcycles are home. I'm happy about that. Another hour yet to go. We'll be back. More coming up right after this.